Are you thinking about buying a home soon? Get the inside scoop on what lenders are looking for so you can get a great deal on your mortgage. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. It's home buying season, and depending on where you live, it could be a hot market. It's certainly that here in Raleigh, North Carolina. As a buyer, there can be a lot of pressure on you to make sure that you get this purchase right because it's usually the biggest one that families make. An additional source of pressure is finding a space that's right for you while you have so many other families doing the same thing. But if you are prepared and you snag a great deal on your mortgage, you'll have a huge leg up. That is why I'm so happy to have Wendy Dawson here on the show today. She's the Vice President of Mortgage Lending over at Coastal Credit Union. She'll be sharing her expert insights on how to shop around and get a great deal on your mortgage. In this episode, we'll get into what lenders look for when assessing a potential buyer's financial position. That way you know how to prepare. Then we'll talk about potential down payment assistance programs that could be available for you if you're a first-time home buyer. And then how to stay level-headed during your house hunt for your next home so that it's a blessing and not a burden. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. I most recently had an article that was given to me, and it was being traumatized by buying a home. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, traumatized. That's not the word we want to use. And they're going, yeah, they, they equated it to the emotional impact was almost equivalent to being fired. I'm going, oh my goodness, we need to level set and course correct. We have really got it. We've got to do better. We have to do better than that. Okay. And we can do better. It's just about education and knowledge is power. I really appreciate this because like you said, knowledge can be so powerful, especially in a market like Raleigh, where it's very much a seller's market. It's a hot market. Things move fast. And as much as we hope to be that objective buyer, our emotions get in the way when we're trying to house hunt. I love going over this that way. At least it's in the back of our minds to like keep the course, keep to the plan that we have when buying a home. Last episode, we went into getting your finances in a good spot so you could start house hunting and buying a house, getting a budget that is realistic, where you're still having a life and you're saving towards those goals and making sure that your high interest debts are gone. Now we're getting to the, I want to buy a house. I got to get a mortgage for that. I'd love to get your perspective. First of all, when Someone comes to, say, Coastal Credit Union. They want to get a mortgage. What are some numbers? What are some things you're looking at to see whether or not they're in a good financial position to buy a house? The first thing I would recommend for especially a younger buyer or first-time home buyer is choose wisely. And that means partner yourself with a lender, okay, that's going to navigate this sensitive space for you. And choosing that that preferred provider, financial provider, is important because it may mean, especially as you mentioned, 
This is a very hot market, the area we live in. There's a very high propensity that the first contract they initiate on, they may not get it. They may go, they may actually go through several contracts that they don't win the bid. So you want to make sure that not only have you aligned yourself with the real estate agent and exclusive buyer's agents, what I would recommend, especially for the younger buyer or the first time home buyer. I think that just gives them a little more insulation, but also recognizing who that lender partner is going to be for you. Because that lender will be able to strategically align looking at your finances, your monthly income, your gross monthly. They do a simple calculation of like 43% of your gross monthly income and debt. It's debt to income. They would like for it not to exceed 43% of your gross monthly income. And that's your overall debt. Not only your PIPI, which is your principal interest taxes and insurance, but your monthly reoccurring bills too your car payments, your minimum credit card payments, your installment loans, all of that debt combined shouldn't exceed more than 43% of your gross monthly income. That's the benchmark we use. So that loan officer is going to navigate that. And then they're going to look at different options for you. And in the first time homebuyer space, you want to make sure that you're you have partnered yourself with a very experienced loan officer that understands all of the benefits out there for a first-time home buyer. It would be a really big miss on that lender for them not to negotiate or be able to give them the knowledge of the down payment assistance programs that are out there or the North Carolina Housing Finance Agency mortgage credit certificate. That's a tax credit that they get because they're a first-time home buyer for the life of the loan, as long as they live in that property as a primary residence. There's a lot of incentives for first-time home buyers that can be bundled. So you want to make sure that you have aligned yourself to a lender, loan officer, that is skilled and knowledgeable in all of those areas. Because you're only a first-time home buyer one. <laughs> and so you don't want to miss that. And so that's a really important thing I want to say up front is she's widely there. So that's one of the navigating points that they look at. They look at that gross monthly income and they look at that 43% of debt to income. The other thing they're going to look at is they're going to pull their credit report and they're going to help them navigate. And hopefully we've got a lot of savvy, I say, millennials right now. They understand about credit scores, but in the event they don't, then they want to have that conversation with their lender. They want to have a tri-merge fold. What that simply means is we take the median score of all three repositories from Experian as far as Equifax and as far as TransUnion. So we look at all three and we take that median score and that's how typically the lenders price the loan. They actually look at what they call risk-based pricing. So the higher the score, the better. You may have heard of a lot of commentary right now from FHFA about the new, well, they call it the mortgage tax where they, or the Robin Hood effect, where there's a loan matrix that when we sell loans in the secondary market, that higher scored buyers get a better pricing. Well, they still do. But what FHFA has done is recognizing the first time home buyers been shut out of the market. They have lowered those loan adjustment prices for those first-time homebuyers that their stores now, they're not hit with so many fees. So okay. one of the things the loan officer will do is help educate that, that buyer about their credit scores and how that enables them 
to have a better price or better product. They're going to look at their income. They're going to look at their credit report. And then they're going to look at their bank statements. They're going to look at their ability to save. And what does that cash to close mean? And they're going to look at any kind of residual reserves that they have. So they'll do a loan estimate and it gives them a bottom line of cash to close for the transaction, depending on the sales price that they qualify for. And I would caution this. A really good loan officer will look at what they qualify for for the max, but that doesn't mean that's the highest they have to buy. And that information is exclusive and it's confidential between the lender and the buyer, okay? Okay. We don't share that information with the realtor because there's FRCA and that's the Fair Credit Act. Basically, that insulates and protects them and it should. So these are confidential conversations that they're having. So just because you're qualified up to 500000 or six hundred doesn't mean you need to buy at the top of your purse, would you like to call it? You want to pull back a little bit And it all depends on your comfort level, too. The other Mm -hmm. thing that we would look at is, what have you been paying in rent? We look at payment shock. What's your outgoing expenses? What are you comfortable with? So that's Mm -hmm. a decision that that buyer has to make. But the loan officer creates a very informed, as far as atmosphere there, a foundation for them to make a better decision. So... Those are some of the things that the loan officer will help navigate. The other thing they will do, especially on first-time home buyers, like I said, look at the different areas of down payment assistance that's out there. There are a lot of agencies out there that they have money, and a good loan, loan officer, a knowledgeable loan officer will know about those resources. And also giving and bundling them. You've got the City Second Program with Raleigh. You have DHIC. There's a lot of down payment assistance. There are some limitations to the income, but a good loan officer, a knowledgeable one, will know about that. So she's wise. Absolutely. Interviewing your loan officer and your preferred provider. That's what I said. You bring up a lot of good points. And I think, first of all, a lot of first-time home buyers don't shop around for lenders. They don't even consider it. They're like, okay, this is, you know, who I have my accounts with or I see a TV commercial. It really, it does pay to invest time just to look for the lender because I knew some of the benefits. I didn't realize all of the benefits. Having someone that also is local to your area, state, and knows about these programs, such an asset because you hit a really good point because in a hot market, if it's a working class family, middle class family, it's harder. Like I was buying or helping my mom house hunt a couple of years ago during the pandemic. And just like you said, there were a couple of houses that she missed the bid, but, you know, we had a plan and we knew what her budget was. So right. it was important. Don't get emotionally tied to it. Yeah, say, there's it another is. house. I know it's hard because when you start, this is the biggest, I think one of the biggest missteps is that if you look at a house before you talk to the lender, they'll find it. Okay. And now you walked into that house and you have emotionally tagged yourself to that house because you've already started placing furniture. Okay. In your mind, your behavior, emotional, you are. And that is the strategy for some realtors. So, unfortunately, so, but the good realtors don't really want it, want that to happen. They want you to talk to your lender first because they don't want you to go into a, you know, where you're buying at the top of your purse, I call it. And then you're basically house poor and you don't want to be that. You don't. But it, and it's also about where is your comfort level financially? 
when you're competing against that and talked mm-hmm. about this briefly, but you need to be mindful of when you need to walk away from a transaction. When those bidding wars start, I really do say push the pause button and really think about, do you really want to overpay here? Because you need to understand the ramifications of what a lender will look like or look at the transaction in the event that property doesn't appraise for the sales price. We're going to look at the lesser of the two. And the difference, the variance between that, that figure comes from the buyer. They have to make that. So those are just some tidbits that you need to be aware of. So I say just push the pause button before you get into that bidding war and you're going to tag yourself emotionally into that house. There will be one for you, I promise. There will be. Yes. Say the same thing, you know, being on the other side. It's don't fall in love with the house first. I have a different phrase. I say, I want your house to be a blessing and not a burden. And so that, you know. That's exactly You have to go with those numbers. Yes. You want it to be a sanctuary. You don't want it to be. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So first of all, like going, you're interviewing or you're looking at lenders. What documents should homebuyers bring when they are looking to apply for a mortgage? Typically, the lender is going to ask for the as far as the, they want, they want to document the ability to repay the loan. Okay. That's it. It's the ATR. They will look at your W-2s your most recent pay stubs. They're going to look at also your most recent bank statements, okay? They want to see that you have what kind of cash you have readily available to go in for the transaction, but they're also looking for reserves. It's one thing for us to get you into the house, L, but it's another thing for us to make sure we've done our due diligence and our fiduciary responsibility of keeping you there. That means that we want them to be educated there's so much more after the closing. You have deferred maintenance. You're no longer a renter. So you don't yeah. have the luxury of calling a landlord, okay? When there's a plumbing issue or there are certain maintenance issues that happen within the house, depending on how old it is. If you bought an aged property, there are a lot of little, you know, mines that you need to navigate. So we look at not only the cash needed for the transaction, but we look for reserves as well. What do you have readily available for you for later? So those are some of the things that we look at. One of the beauties of the digital platform today, the automation, is a lot of lenders, we have, you know, access to the electronic data. So if you don't have your most recent pay stub or your W-2, then we'll use electronic like account check or form free or the work number. And we can get into that with your approval and just see exactly what your employment and your income is. So you may not need the paperwork, but it is as far as it's best practice to bring it. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that too. I think for first-time homebuyers, you don't appreciate, there's a myth saying, hey, if you can afford X amount in rent, you can afford that for the mortgage. But there's an added cost to that. I can attest, you have a a ranch, good bones, it's right. an older house, and we right. just this year replaced the water heater because it was oh. time to replace that. So oh. you have to save up for it. But if you plan for it, it's not a hassle. But for someone who doesn't have experience or isn't aware of those home maintenance costs, yes. it can definitely shock your finances and your budget. If we can talk about that a little bit more, those unexpected costs, yes. besides the down payment, especially with closing. Yeah, uh, some expenses home buyers should be aware of that they need to have ready. Yes. 
One of the things we do on our first at home buyer is, and, and some lenders do this, but I think it really does it has value in it. And they go through, a, it's, it's basically, it's a certification. It's a webinar. It's a couple of hours. Sometimes it's called framework. And I think the one that we look at today is called something a little bit different, but it's similar to framework and it basically addresses all those deferred maintenance. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially as you mentioned, if they had bought an older property and it's as is, it's a fixer upper. So you need to be aware of what fixer upper means. And it could be where, yeah, the water heater, the roof has a, Mm -hmm. as far as an age life of three months or one year. So be ready to be able to be hit with that financial charge. So we're going to, you need to be aware of that. Not only are you looking at cash to close, which would include, any kind of per diem interest, a one-year policy paid up front of homeowner's insurance, but also any escrows for taxes and additional insurances. But you're looking at appraisal fees. You're looking at any lender fees. You're looking at attorney fees, title search fees, tax service fees. Those are all broken down in a loan estimate. The loan officer will give you. The fees you don't know about are like after closing, when you have closed and you're a happy homeowner. And then all of a sudden, like you said, Elle, the water heater needs to be replaced. That's about normal deferred maintenance, but it's a lot more complicated if you bought more as far as, like you said, a good bonus as far as a fixer upper, which is what we're finding a lot of right now. And I would caution the first time home buyer to make sure they understand what comes with that type of property. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it may not be the forever home right now, but they, their anticipation or their hope is to make it that. Well, that takes time and it also Mm -hmm. takes resources, financial resources. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you budget for this, if you're buying a home within your budget, this is all possible. We, for this particular house, we actually went with Coastal both for the mortgage and also for agent with Daymark. it was a very smooth transition. We weren't first-time home buyers, but still we had questions. This yeah. was, we had a new build the first time. This is an older home. And it was really good knowing at least a general idea of what to expect, right? There's always a surprise. There's always something maybe you didn't have in mind, but it didn't hit our budget as hard because we knew, okay, we saved up for this. This is what we need to keep in our savings, kind of as a general house fund for you know, things that pop up, plus the maintenance. Exactly. Uh, so again, you know, it, it still feels like a blessing seven years later. So. <laughs> here, I'm glad to hear that. That's good. That is good. One of the things I would to caution is that sometimes we are attracted to, of course, we always want the best deal, especially in finance. So we look for that rate. But don't get seduced by the number, okay? That rate, there, a lot of lenders will publish this. They use the 9-9 factor, and it's a behavior, I call it. 399, 499, 599. That is 6%. 599 or 499 is 5%. And right now we're seeing like 6.5, okay? So yeah. don't get so seduced by that number. Look at the APR, okay? The annual, as far as that APR. What that APR calculates into is all the cost into Mm -hmm. that rate, that initial rate over the life of the loan. So yes, somebody out there can quote you six and an eight, 
today. And you go, that's a great rate. Look at this other lender. They're at six and three. It's, they're at six and a half. Ask for the cash to close. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is an, what they call an IFW. It's an itemized, itemized fee worksheet. They have to give you that if you haven't identified a property. Okay. So they will give you an IFW. It's a summary of expenses. A summary that what does this rate cost you? So ask for that breakdown so you can compare them and make a more informed decision because that 599 or that six and an eight, once you see all the costs that are in or is that are associated with that rate, that six and three eights or that six and a half might look a lot better. Okay. Okay. So don't get seduced by the number. Look at the bottom line, the cash to close. That tells the real story. Oh, that's really helpful. And I'll be honest, like that was one of my frustrating things was, especially the first time we're buying a house, just looking at these numbers, the APY, APR. And I was like, I just want a straight apples to apples comparison. Another hang up at that time when I was buying a house was like points and origination fee. We'll get this, but you pay this amount of points. For those that aren't familiar with those terms and maybe a little embarrassed to ask, can you kind of clarify that? Yes. It's a funny thing as far as the terminology we use in lending land, discount points. The first thing you think of is a discount, okay? Right. Oh, I'm getting a discount. It's a discount to the rate by you paying fee point. Okay, that's okay. what that is. <laughs> so if somebody says, I'm going to give you 5% and it has four discount points, okay? I'm discounting the rate by charging you four points, okay? Four oh, percent well, of the okay. loan amount. So that's why I say, look at the actual cash to close. The APR is important. It's the annual percentage rate over the life of the loan. And so when you're looking at those cost to close, it should have, and they're regular, there's a compliance trend, you know, was a, really a, a good thing for first-time home buyers or any buyer, because it, I think it gave more transparency to the actual trans, the transaction. And it, Everybody has to conform to the same loan estimate. And so okay. the format is exactly the same, which is a smart thing. So you can actually do what you've said, compare apples to apples. You may get three different fee worksheets, but they should all be enacted in the same font and broken down very similar. So you can look across to be able to make the best informed decision, cash to close and what that monthly payment needs. And there could be a situation to where, yeah, discount points. There's, you know, $10,000 in discount points here. Does it make sense for me to pay that? Sometimes not. The lender, the smart lender will look at the difference between the two types of rates and the fees associated and see where you maximize the return better. And it's a simple transaction. They're just going to look at the monthly savings of that lower rate and those higher fees and give you what the recoup time it may take you three or four years to recoup the fees that you paid up front. And mm-hmm. then you have to make a decision of, is that really smart? Is that the way to use? Is that, is that using my money wisely as far as that return won't start actually until the year? Only time that's different is if you have what they call a third-party contribution, say the seller or the builder is picking up a lot of those fees. Well, then that mm-hmm. changes the dynamics of the transaction. So the lender that you choose, you go back to making sure that they're knowledgeable and accessible to be able to go through this journey with you. Yeah, absolutely. 
They want to ask the right questions, but sometimes a first-time home buyer or even the younger buyer, they don't know the questions to ask. Make sure that you're interviewing that lender and they are going to be asking the right questions for you. I think you hit so many points, but most importantly, I hope people take away the idea of you have the ability to walk away. That's very powerful, whether that's when you're house hunting or when you're shopping around for lenders. Make sure you feel comfortable asking questions and they should not intimidate you. They should no. not make you feel bad asking no, questions. Got no, no, no. There's a trust level. There's that saying, and I'm trying to think who says that, but it's like, if they're nice to you as far as that's great, but if you trust them, they'll do business with you. So that's that level. And I like to think that the loan officers at Coastal, I have to give a little plug here because I differentiate between originators and loan officers. And in the credit union space, you're going to find loan officers simply because they take that responsibility very seriously and they're accountable to that to make sure that those buyers, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a first-time home buyer or a younger buyer, but any of our members and buyers that we've navigated that journey and that they feel very comfortable and they trusted in their financial provider all the way to the closing and after. This segment is brought to you by our partners such as Noom Weight. Noom helps you be healthier in an easy and enjoyable way. Unlike other programs, Zoom's psychological focus uses small goals to help you create lasting habits and get to a healthy weight for good. You'll get fitness tips, recipes, a coach, and more to stay motivated. Learn more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash noon. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on a few key takeaways I picked up from speaking with Wendy and preparing this episode. The first one is don't get too emotionally attached to a house, especially before you talk to a lender and have the numbers in front of you. This is going to be a big purchase and you want to make sure you're level-headed and as objective as you can be before you make this decision. Speaking with the lender, going over the numbers and understanding them before you start that house hunt will put you in a better position. The second takeaway is make sure that you shop and interview lenders. Don't get hooked in simply by the low interest rates that they advertise. Instead, dig in deeper. Look at the cash that you need to close, examine the interest rates and points, run the numbers yourself to make sure that you're comfortable with it. You want to have a partner with you that you trust before you make your home purchase. And that leads to the last one. One of the great things about having an experienced mortgage loan officer is that they can connect you to local resources that can help you with your down payment. Wendy focused on North Carolina since this is where we're at, but no matter what state you're in, make sure that when you check with your lenders that they can offer you these benefits. This will help you in the long run as you put a better financial foot forward with buying a home. Of course, even before you start buying a home, you gotta have that foundation with your finances. So if you wanna get started with your budget, make sure that you're a part of the community Besides sharing resources from each of the episodes on the podcast, I also share extra tips and tools to make simplifying your money, home, and life easier. Just sign up for free at simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. 
special thanks to Wendy for being a part of this episode. If you're looking to buy a home and you happen to be in the Triangle area of North Carolina, please check out what Coastal Union has. You can see the different types of mortgages they offer over at simplifyandenjoy.com slash coastal mortgages. As always, I'm also going to include other resources that we mentioned today in the show notes over at Simplify and Enjoy. Next week on the podcast, we're wrapping up our home buying series with the last key part, the house hunt. Get tips from an expert real estate agent on how to find a hidden gem and avoid a money pit. If you don't want to miss out on that episode, make sure you're subscribed. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and more. Our theme was by Staircases with additional music from various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you not only listening to the episodes, but sending in your questions and ideas for the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.